0: Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. Welcome to today's episode. So today's episode number 59, and I wanted to talk about burnout. Now, I know I've alluded to burnout in previous episodes because, again, we've at episode number 59. So, I should say this. If this is the first time you're listening to me, you should totally go back to the archives. It's margaretstevens.co slash podcast. It's got all of the archives. I actually made this really cool page. I'm super proud of it. It's nothing flashy or fancy, but it's got every single episode that I've published Um, i was going to say created, but uh, every single episode that I've published, um, it's got the name of the episode. And then if you click on the link, it takes you not only to that episode, but to the show notes. And obviously, if there's a workbook attached to it, it takes you to that as well. It's super easy, super friendly. I'm totally obsessed with this one part of my website. So if you've not listened to something or maybe let me say this that page on my website, and I know I'm totally butchering this intro, but just bear with me. It all makes sense, right? So that page on my website came from some feedback that I had seen that there were some episodes like, um, energetic minimums and some previous episodes I had used and talked about money that wasn't that easy to find on my website. So instead of making things complicated and messy and doing all of these links, I'm like, you know what, let's just put everything in one spot. And I was like, okay, well, what's the cleanest way? Have one page with all of the links that's on my website that just builds and builds and builds. So when I hit episode 200, they'll all be there listed in pretty and it'll make things super easy for you to find them. So how does that translate into burnout? Well, part of the idea for that, plus a bunch of other ideas I'm going to talk about, came from being very burnt out. Now, I I think I've been burnt out in my adult life twice. Like truly burnt out to the point where I, I had enough energy to get up, go to work, come home, take the dogs out, and that was it. There was no creative juices in me. Everything felt very forced. I was uh, guilting myself and manipulating my, my, you know, subconscious and like, oh, well, you have to do this and you should do that. And why aren't you? And it was a very ugly place, borderline almost depressed in my head. And I say this and I say I've done this twice because things just kind of got out of hand. And... I wasn't even, I don't know. It's kind of hard because when you're burnt out, sometimes, or when when you are leaning into burnout, when you are in the middle of it, or even if you're in the beginning of it, it's hard to recognize until you've hit the wall. And sometimes, depending on how the wall hits you, sometimes it's a, like, nudge. Sometimes it's, like, a full-on body check that could, like, pop you out of your seat. Just depends on how hard it hits you. So I knew I was burnt out. I knew I was a little overwhelmed. And... I just wasn't feeling my my cheerleader vibey self. And I was reading this one book, and I, I tried looking it up before I started this episode for Life of and I couldn't find it. But you all know that I read obsessively. And as I get older, I stop trying to only read marketing books or say like one romance novel to every two marketing books. No, like I have fully released my obsession for romance novels. And if you ever want a good romance novel recommendation, for love of God, hit me up. I read anywhere from 150 to 200 books a year. I'd say probably 50 out of that bunch are maybe business or marketing books. The rest of them are romance novels. I love, love, love me some romance novels. So if you want any book recommendations, let me know. And the other thing too is I thought about talking about that more on like my socials and stuff like that, but I didn't know if any of you would enjoy that. So Maybe I'm just living in my head too much and let me know. Um, But I'm reading this book. It's a phenomenal book. And like I said, if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But for life of me, I couldn't remember which romance novel it was because that probably was like 20 or 30 romance novels ago. But what caught my eye was the main character. Again, all my books being romance novels. The girl is the main character. She's a female strong lead, yada, 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 right? Um, She was talking about something... I'm going through a really, really rough time. And I can't remember if it was her or one of the, um, you know, supporting characters in the book, but they said this phrase and I actually saved it, which is where this episode idea came from. The phrase was the world isn't built for survival of the fittest. It's for those who adapt. And I know I'm butchering all of it. And like, I tried Googling it and of course Darwin came up and all of that. And that wasn't what I was trying to get to. But what caught my eye was, oh, And mind you, I'm reading this in the middle of like a mini burnout, getting ready to, you know, bloom into full-on burnout. And when I read that, I'm like, oh, well, I wonder if burnout is because I am not adapting. And then I was like, okay, well maybe let's let's play with that, right? You know, I always try and for i don't know i'm not the best at it but i do try and keep an open mind when it comes to different ideas and i was like okay well maybe this you know my favorite phrase right is this ultimately true is burnout ultimately true because of x y and z because i'm overworking myself because i haven't created a hack i haven't done this and i haven't done that and i was like well maybe burnout is a result of not adapting And so then I started thinking and, you know, kind of diving into, well, what does adapting look like? What does adapting even mean? Does adapting mean giving in? Does adapting mean uh, selling my soul? Does adapting mean, you know, like punishing myself? Does adapting mean, what does that look like? What does that mean? And how is that tied into burnout? Because I was thinking about that and I'm like, you know what? There are plenty of people, and I'm talking humans, not just like evolutionary animals and all that. Like there are plenty of humans that are quote unquote, the fittest, maybe they're the best fit, maybe they're the smartest, maybe they're the the most naturally talented, but they're not the ones for the majority of it that last through like long term results, right? Just because you're the smartest doesn't mean you're the most resourceful. Just because you're the smartest doesn't mean you're going to be willing to work hard enough just because you know, like, sometimes when you you, you think of yourself as a natural default in something, it's, easy to get complacent it's easy to get lazy and it's the whole tortoise and hair story right so i'm assuming most of you know it but just for sake of someone that doesn't the tortoise and the hair uh the hair is bragging about how fast he is and the tortoise is like whatevs who cares and the hair is like oh i want to bet you you know I want to bet you and let's have a race. And the tortoise is like, sure, whatevs, no worries. Um, and the hare makes all this hoot nanny about, oh, I'm going to beat the, the hare, or I'm sorry, I'm going to beat the tortoise and I'm going to super fast and yada, yada, yada. And what he does is what you would assume, obviously, is because, you know, bunnies are faster than turtles. So you would assume that the bunny would win this quote unquote race. But this is where I go back to the whole survival of the fittest versus adaption, right? Which, again, leads into burnout. If you think about it the bunny ends up getting burnt out so he goes he take you know they take off from the starting point and the bunny is go 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 go, hustle 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 all the way and then he gets tired and so he stops and takes a nap mind you the tortoise is just trucking along nice and slow nice and steady keeping a consistent pace the entire time nothing to write home about everyone's making fun of him like oh you're so slow yada yada but he's just trucking along ignoring all the haters right bunny wakes back up Goes again, does the same thing. Go, 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 go stops, burns out. And I, I think he takes a nap, whatever, right? Either naps or stops, depending on where you listen to the story. But he stops, right? And mind you, again, this is the second time the bunny has stopped. But the tortoise is still trucking along, nice and chill, just maintaining his momentum. So this happens over and over again. To the point where i think the last of it the bunny i think he takes another nap or he gets distracted in, in my version he's just going to take another nap because he's burnt out and so the bunny takes a nap because he's burnt out because he's gone full tilt and stop then full tilt and stop then full tilt and stop while the tortoise has just been trucking along this entire time and the tortoise ends up winning. And I was thinking about that in regards to the survival of the fittest versus adaption. The tortoise adapted to his environment. He was not the fastest. He was not destined to win. Everyone made fun of him. There was tons of haters. But instead of listening to all of that, he said, well, literally slow and steady wins the race versus their whole you know, what you would assume would be the survival of the fittest, what you assume would be the natural person that should have won, which would have been the bunny, this is what happened to him. He just went full till, never tried to pace himself, never tried to do anything to make it so that it was a realistic goal. And so that he burnt himself out. And so that's where this whole thought process and I I know that this is a little bit of a weird way. I'm I'm using child fables to go ahead and bring, you know, A podcast episode to life but that got me thinking in general that burnout and and i don't want to i don't want to not acknowledge anyone's burnout so obviously everyone's burnout is unique to them some people get burnt out depending on what the scenario is or depending on the job or depending on the level of stress they have in their life so i'm not trying to take anything away from anyone but in general, most people get burnt out because we haven't figured out how to adapt. And my thought process is on that is we haven't figured out how to adapt because obviously, you know me and my journal prompts, we haven't asked ourselves the right questions. We haven't taken time to stop, step back, reevaluate and say, hey, something is clearly not working. My body, my heart, my brain, my soul, my my chi, my whatevs, right? The, the, the being inside of me is saying something isn't working, hence why I'm getting overwhelmed, hence why I'm getting burnt out. So instead of stopping and adjusting and asking some questions and making modifications to adapt, we keep going. We keep acting like the bunny. We keep thinking that if we just hustle harder, if we just double down, that that's the right answer. My argument is that's not the right answer. It's the whole we need to be channeling more of the tortoise necessarily than the hare. Does that mean... That we stopped and we'd be lazy and we, you know, we don't try? No. In this entire story of obviously Maggie's version of the child fables, Tortoise and the Hare, the tortoise keeps on trucking. He maintains his energy. He maintains his goals. He doesn't stop. He doesn't get distracted. He doesn't dilly-dally. He doesn't do all of these other random things that take him off the path. So he still is putting in the work because you all know, especially if you listen to any of my episodes, I am obsessed with being honest with ourselves and putting in the work whatever that means emotional spiritual financial doesn't matter right so i'm still agreeing that we all need to put in the work but i think we need to act more as a tortoise instead of the hare and i think if we can go ahead and start shifting some of that then we'll save ourselves some heartache but we'll also save ourselves some burnout so I feel like the, this might be a good time to dive into some of the journal prompts. And obviously, if you want to dive into this deeper, um, you can listen to the journal prompts or you can go over to the link in the show notes and or the Etsy store and you can buy the workbook. Again, the workbook is 99 cents. It has all the journal prompts in there ready for you. It's got uh, room for you to go ahead and write down your notes if you want. Um, it's a nice clean way to kind of dive in and see what's going on in your subconscious. Um, and the best part would be, In a perfect world, you would listen to this, then go buy the workbook, and then you would listen to it again and journal out with me as like I'm like live prompting you. Just because I always feel that I get my most honest answers when someone's asking me a question and the first thing that pops into my head is normally my honest answer. It's normally the truth. And then obviously I can go and I can dive in deeper, but for me, I like that instant knowledge of, okay, what comes up to the surface? So with that being said let's go ahead and dive into the journal prompts so journal prompt number one is where are you bucking or resisting change and why now again you, you've heard my 12-minute theory in regards to burnouts and tortoise and, tortoise and hair and all of that and adaption but sometimes depending on where you are in this burnout phase right you may not be conscious that you're burnt out. You might just think, oh, I overworked for a couple days or, oh, I'm just kind of in the dumps a little or, oh, this is because I drank too much coffee and didn't get enough sleep. I Sometimes that's true. I, I don't want to take that away, but sometimes that is what is leading you on the path to burnout. So this is why I want you to start paying attention to that. Where are you resisting change? What is getting your your hackles up? Where are you dealing with something that the moment X, Y, and Z topic comes up, you're just instantly exhausted? Where is that coming up for you? And also, more importantly, why? So I'll give you an example. We had to go ahead and do a move for the dealership that I work at, and the move was intense and. It didn't go how I thought it would have gone and I resisted and I bucked and all of that and instead of just adapting instead of saying okay well the reality is different than what I was expecting it means x y and z has to shift and change instead of embracing that I bucked it I resisted it I fought it why because I was afraid of x y and z so that's what I'm trying to get out of you I want you to go ahead and start paying attention to all the the friction points in your life, all the things that when X, Y, and Z comes up, your first instinct is to go, oh, okay, let's do this. Or, oh my God, here we go again. Or, hmm, I wonder if I can go ahead and ignore that text message and see how far away I can get with that. So like whatever that is for you, I want you to write down what that is and I want you to write down why. And then journal prompt number two is going to be what emotions, or emotions are coming up for you when something hard starts to force your hand so the move let's go back to my example the move for the dealership moving a, a dealership is not necessarily easy it's simple yeah it's not it's not easy it's simple it's you pick up parts you put parts in box trucks you put parts in cars you drive over to a new dealership you take box parts and stuff out of cars you put on shelves ta-da so it might seem like it's a it's a simple process but it's not necessarily easy there's a lot of organization there's a lot of playing conductor there's a lot of things that should be done in sequence there's a lot of packing then unpacking there's a lot of making sure you don't lose things so all of these things right so the emotions when this move changed, because the move we knew was coming for almost a year. Well, the week we had thought that was going to happen, two weeks happened passed and that didn't happen. And then we thought we were going to be moving the middle of April. And then we got a notice like a week and a half earlier than what we were supposed to. Hey, we're moving in two days and we're shutting down. And we're like, oh, my God. So my emotions that came up was anger, resentment, fear. And why? Well, I was angry because plans had changed, and I had done all of this mental prep work that, oh, the move will be happening on this time frame. I've got this much time to pack. I've got this much time to save boxes. I've got this much time to get customer parts out. So I've got time. So there was anger when my plans were instantly changed on me. And then fear was okay, well, I'm not ready. I don't feel like I'm ready. So that kind of leads into journal prompt number three. How are you handling this fear? So all of these emotions, when you're fighting all of this and you're pushing, and, and to me in my head it feels like you're, you're, you know, you're pushing so hard that like your legs and you're you're kind of leaning at like a 45 degree angle and you're trying to hold back this wall of emotion. It's just a huge wall that's pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. So how would you be handling this fear? So for me, in the example of the dealership, the fear came from oh my god i'm not ready i don't have enough help um i don't know where my help is going to come from how am i going to take care of my customers how am i going to make sure i don't lose these parts how do i maintain this level of energy oh by the way i'm sick like it was all of this fear and instead of just kind of burying your head in the sand like how would you want to handle it what would you hope to you know, like in your perfect scenario, if I could wave the magic wand, how would you want to handle this fear? Would you want to be like, okay, is any of this ultimately true? No, I can always ask for help. I can always pack boxes. I can always uh, be gracious with my customers. I can always do this, 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 and this. So all of that, if you can start, being conscious and aware of where all these emotions are coming from, then wherever you are in the burnout, maybe if you're mid burnout or maybe in the beginning stages of it, at least you can start lightening the load and getting your brain again to adapt because all of these questions, the entire point of all of this, instead of just focusing and being the hair, I want you to start building a pathway, a little off branch, a little off ramp so that you can adapt to the situation that you're in. Because if we can adapt to the situation that you're in, then there's less resistance, which causes less anxiety, which causes your cortisol to slowly start coming back down again, which hopefully either gets you off the burnout path or takes you out of or it gives you like an off ramp to get out of burnoutville. Because depending on where you are, you might be like super deep into burnout mode. And I will say this, and I know this is not a journal prompt, but I want to say this. The first time I hit burnout, my thought process hasn't changed the first time i hit burnout i was burnt out for about like three or four months like it was a hardcore it took everything inside of me to quote unquote show up and i wasn't even though i was there like i wasn't there and I believe that however long you spend in that deep level of burnout is how long it's going to take you to get back out of it. Because you have to start learning new habits again. You have to start talking to yourself differently. You have to start making different decisions. You have to do all of these things. And it takes time. It doesn't. It's not like you can say, okay, I am deep in the middle of burnout to where I want to burn everything down to the ground. And that's on Sunday. And then Monday, have this revelation and be like, oh. I am burnout free. Everything has just gone away. Like unless you magically become a powerball millionaire overnight, like that's not real. Your emotions still take time to process your body, whether your brain tries to get on point with this or not, your body still remembers the stress. Your body still remembers the anxiety. It it seeps in your bones and it needs to come out of your bones. So that's why I want you to use these questions as a way to adapt how to handle your fear, how to recognize the emotions that are coming up, how to even start recognizing things that are leading you on this path path of burnout. This is how you adapt versus just, you know, wallow and suffer unnecessarily so back to the journal prompts journal prompt number four is what can you learn from this moment or conflict so again let's use my live example the dealership and the move what could i learn from this conflict um, or from this moment of moving the dealership well one thing that i learned is that anyone that offers to help me i start saying yes and even when that might be enough like my okay so this sounds so weird Um, and had some mixed emotions about it, but like my dad, um, my dad's pretty friendly with our owner and our GM and the staff and stuff like that. Because again, my husband works at the dealership. I work at the dealership and now my mom works at the accounting department in the dealership. So like my whole family has like infiltrated this dealership except for my dad. But my, my dad has done stuff on and off for ARS throughout the years. And so like, they know my dad and all that. Right. Um, so even my dad was able to help out during the move and I'm like god you know I feel like a child sometimes cuz my mom's here my dad's here my husband's here everyone's here but what I learned from that moment was the only way I survived the move the only way that it wasn't extra atrocious is anytime someone offered to help me I said yes I didn't view accepting help as a weakness I viewed it as being resourceful I ad- adapted so instead of using it as a conflict I was like okay well let's go ahead and adapt one of my friends he is the um store manager at O'Reilly's and he's like hey I've got a bunch of totes would you be interested in using them I'm like oh my god yes that would be a godsend because of him and him lending out totes which he didn't have to he got his approval from his management but he didn't have to lend me all these totes he lent me I think we still have some to give back to him i think he lent me like 40 50 totes it saved us thousands of dollars in paying for boxes that we were going to move for like three use for three days so it saved my company a ton of money and it was a ton of help because then i didn't have to worry about these boxes i didn't have to worry about oh well these boxes aren't the right size they're not durable enough they're not this they're not that oh my god what am i doing to the environment so I learned in that moment to say yes. So one of my vendors, um, he's a Tukaraki rep. I love him to pieces. I love all my vendors. I shouldn't say I just love him. Like I love all my vendors. They They treat me very well and they're always willing to listen or give me recommendation or give me advice on how other dealerships do things to see if there's something that I can learn from them but one of my reps had come out to me and he spent five hours helping me move my batteries move my tires move my racks move my this move my that and so what I've learned was every single time someone offered to help me I said yes I've never done that before I used to be so proud and say like I don't need help I can do it all on my own every time I do all on my own that is the whole hair talking not the tortoise talking it leads to burnout because then I get angry then I get resentful then I get upset then I get again burnt out then I start you know this whole process and it's just very negative and very bad for my soul basically like it's so bad and this is bad spiral and I start taking everyone down with me because again where I normally am positive and peppy and loving and joyful and kind all of that starts to go away because I'm so resentful that every at everyone because I'm working so hard and they're not and then it's not necessarily you know so so again let's go back to what can we learn from that moment right so I've learned to start asking for help I've learned to start accepting help but I also learned that being the martyr doesn't get me where I want to be so Previous moves, I have been the martyr. I have told my mother in law, my father in law, or other people in my life, like, oh no, we don't really need the help, or oh thanks, but no thanks. And I kind of brushed it off. And because of that, the move took longer. The move took more time. I was more stressed out. Every single move I've ever had for a dealership, I've been sick. And I'm like, okay. I was talking to one of my girlfriends about it, and I was like, you know, there has to be something that I'm learning from this. And As I started, and obviously it's you know again, thank God for strong medications, telehealth, and uh, Nyquil and Dayquil, but on top of it because I wasn't pushing my body to the max, maybe I was pushing myself at 90% instead of like 120%, right? Because I was starting to take care of myself, accept help, be gracious about things, um, not be the martyr, not celebrate being the martyr. Because again, let's let's go into the martyr thing for a second. Like women being martyrs, that's not sexy anymore. Like I'm going to start I don't know if it's a movement. If it's not a movement, I want to meet I want it to be a movement. But women being martyrs is not sexy. You do not look good. You do not look cool you do not look powerful since I am on the other side of it I can recognize the weakness in it because you don't trust you don't have faith you don't have faith in yourself you don't have faith in your ability to command like it's very ugly and it's very messy so let's not do that but had I not recognized all of these things had I not adapted I never would have learned that in those moments right and so Every time someone asks if they can help me, they, I say, yes, sure. Come on over. And then I recognized that it wasn't even enough help. Even saying yes to everything still wasn't enough because I had a moment this today and I like freaked out. And thank God, one of my customers were super gracious and yada, yada, yada. So like it all ended up working out and I was like, you know what? Let's not be the martyr. So I went and I asked for more help. I learned from that moment. So even in that one minuscule moment today instead of like now I'm post move right and that one moment I recognize I'm still kind of barely treading water with my nose above the the ocean let me ask for more help and so I asked for more help and tomorrow one of the guys from the other store is gonna come and help out all day so again you can learn from these moments you can go ahead and adapt you can be the tortoise versus the hare so then that way the burnout either like I said it doesn't happen or it doesn't happen as deeply. Journal prompt number five is how are you going to adapt to the new realities and put your own spin on it? So I kind of talked about that a little bit, but let's go into it even deeper, right? So how am I gonna adapt to my new reality? So because I want to make it part of a me thing where I always accept help, so what does that mean? How do I put my spin on it? So clearly there are times where people are offering help and they don't mean it. So obviously those don't count, right? But my spin could be, instead of just immediately judging, like, oh, can that person even help me? Are they strong enough? Are they smart enough? Are they capable? Are they going to do it the way I want them to do it? You know, again, acting all martyry. Instead of doing that, my spin is going to be, I will always, I don't even, I, maybe I should make this a quote. I will always accept help and I will always find a way to help the people that help me. So that can mean multiples of things, right? So when I was thinking of that just now, cause I totally came up with that live, but my thought process is I will always accept help, right? So my, my guy, my Vince, um, he's my guy that from O'Reilly's, they got me all the totes, right? His name's Vince. Um, Vince is really good friends with Ben and I, and he was wonderful and he helped us. And so where Vince offered to help me, was obviously he gave me a bunch of totes well where can I help those that help me he asked where I needed help he was like oh I've got a truck and trailers and like I didn't need truck and trailers I needed totes so I kind of guided him in the way that could help me the best so where he could still help me I could still get the help I needed but at the same time I got help that made sense so anytime someone offers to help me I try and match up think of it this way you're trying to match up or at least if if this is your example. If this is not your example, then enter your own example here. But you're trying to match up what they're giving with what you need done. Even if it's the smallest thing, sweeping the floors, putting some shelves away, taking the trash out. I don't care what it is. If your kids offer to go ahead and clean the dining room table, let them do it. I think women as a collective we all need to get better at asking for help and accepting help because it is so easy so 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 easy to be like oh no I've got it or to silently stew because you're lifting this you're doing that and you don't feel like you're being seen or heard or appreciated and instead again which all lead to burnout mind you or resentment and anger which again none of that is healthy but instead of doing that let's try and go ahead and say, hey, can you help me take this? Can you help me do that? Can you help me with this? I would love a second set of hands for this. I would love a second set of eyes for that. Whatever the scenario is, start putting your version of what support you need. Because again, as you start getting supported, as you start adapting to this new reality, then you can go ahead and go into journal prompt number six, which is what is the new reality you want to lean into? So This whole reality I keep talking about and my arms are going crazy. Thank God I don't do this on video because I would look like a random weirdo. But the reality I'm trying to lean into is I'm not gonna be the martyr anymore. I'm not going to turn people away. I am not gonna try and do it all on my own. I'm going to ask for help. I'm gonna be gracious. I'm gonna be kind. I'm gonna be giving. If I need to offer help, I'll offer out to someone else to help them, I will totally do it. But I want you to start thinking, how are you going to shift? Because all of these questions that we've been going over for the last 30, something minutes now, all of these questions are again, building that off ramp, or maybe kind of taking you out of the slump of burnout. All of these questions are going to help you adapt into this new reality. But I want you to start to clarify what does that new reality look like? So that is where when I made the phone call and said, hey, I still need more help. This is becoming a little too much for me. Instead of waiting two weeks from now where things are still messy, still behind, I'm still freaking out on a daily basis. I'm still having like, you know, I always call them jokingly like nervous breakdowns in the back room where no one can see me. And instead of crying in the bathroom, instead of doing all of those things, I was like, no, my new reality is when I recognize it's too much, I stop and ask for help. So what did I do? I stopped. I made a phone call and I said, "Hey, so and so, I need help. This is a little too much. Is there any way that anyone can I can borrow someone for the day? Cuz if I can borrow someone for the day, that would make a huge difference." Okay, let me see what I can do. And then I ended up getting the text that, "Yes, I can have a person for tomorrow," which is phenomenal. So the other part of that too is what's this reality I'm leaning into. So I stopped. I recognized where I was at. I recognized what was starting to become a uh, you know, a new pattern. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Let's stop. Let's ask for help. And then the other part of it too is like, okay, let's see what I need done. What will have the biggest impact? What will take the most stress off of my plate? What would be in a perfect world X, Y, and Z that I'd love to get done. And I will match that up with the skill set of what the guy can do to help me out. So I'm starting to lean in the reality of I'm being, You know, the hair, not the hair. I'm being the tortoise, not the hair. I'm doing the slow and steady. I'm focusing on the goal of getting back to the counter because I miss it. Like, I really miss it. So I love selling. Like, I deeply love selling. And, you know, I don't know if I'll be in power sports forever. I don't know if I'll be in power sports for however long I am in it. But, like, it's not even a power sports thing, right? Because I loved it in marketing. I loved it when I worked in healthcare. I loved it when I worked in IT. I've had many different lives. And I've loved all of them. The core part of it is I love clarifying something for someone. I love making things easy. I love making things simple. And I love fixing problems, right? So that's the core of all of this, and I want to get back to doing that. I want to get back to being on the phones and answering people's questions and helping them out. I want to get back to doing recommendations that, hey, if you just do this aftermarket kit versus this kit, I can save you half the amount of money. It's the same parts, the same quality. I, I, I miss taking care of my customers instead of unpacking boxes, because unpacking boxes does not help me take care of my customers. And I just want to get back into that. So because that's the new reality, I want to get back into and the fastest way, again, the, the tortoise version of me getting to that reality is asking for help, accepting help, and then joining the help up of where I need it. This is how I adapt. This is how I lean into that. And so, Like I said, if some of these parts of the examples didn't necessarily jive with you, I just want you to go with what's going on in your life. If it is getting help at home, if it is getting help in childcare, like I was talking to one of my girlfriends and she was telling me about how little sleep she was getting because she's the, I don't want to say the primary caretaker, because that's not fair to her husband. You know, obviously while her husband is working, he he is doing something and he is working. But the moment he's not working, both of them are just going nonstop with two kids under two. And I never would have expected it to have and it feels naive to even say this but again I don't have kids so I don't understand but had I not lived through some of this with her being a friend and listening to her I never would have understood like how much time and energy and support that both of them needed and I'm like girl you've got to get like a babysitter I'm like I don't care if it's five hours a week you need to get a babysitter you need to get someone in there that can help you and you need to take a fucking nap And, you know, all of this goes back to, it doesn't matter where you need help. It doesn't matter where the burnout is coming from. It could be burnout because you love your kids and you're kind of exhausted. It could be burnout because you're in the middle of going to college and you're an adult. Again, I did it. When I went to college, I, it was in my 20s, obviously. Um, I shouldn't even say that. It was in my 20s. And when I was in college, I worked full time. I worked at nine to five, 530, whatever, right? I physically had to drive somewhere and work. And then afterwards, I got off of work. And I would either rush to the closest campus, depending on what quarter it was and what classes I was doing. And I would stay on campus till 10 o'clock at night. Or I would do a mix of campus and virtual because virtual was starting to really become a thing. So I was lucky in that sense. So it doesn't matter where your burnout is coming from. It could be coming from work, it could be coming from your family, it could be coming from obligations, it could be coming from something i haven't even thought of and recommended all of these tips still apply i want you to to get off the road of burnout because again however long you're in the deep dark night soul of burnout is how long it's going to take to get out of it and a lot of it goes back to grand scheme of things if i had to sum it all up it comes down to adaption how do we get you how do we get me how do we get us as a collective to adapt to so that our lives are better. Because when all of us are burnt out, the world is not a better place. Like I'm not my most creative self. I'm not my most joyous self. I'm not making people smile. I'm not answering the phone. I'm not taking care of people. I'm not solving problems. I'm not doing my version of good in the world because I'm burnt out, because there's nothing left for me to give instead of stopping, adapting and making space so that it can bring these things to light. If it wasn't for adapting, I wouldn't be able to do the podcast. I wouldn't have brought on my amazing VA, like I love her to pieces. I wouldn't have brought her on even more so to help me out with more things because I would have said, oh no, let me be the martyr. So I don't want you to do any of that. Let's adapt. Let's adapt. Let's adapt. Adapting is smart. Adapting is sexy. Adapting is awesome. Adapting is the best thing you can do for you and everyone around you. So with that being said, I'm going to adapt my way off this podcast. Um, Again, don't worry. If you want the journal prompts, go ahead and uh, go to either the Etsy store, go to the link in the show notes. You can go ahead and buy the workbook. The workbook, I don't care when I publish this or when you're listening to this. If they don't match up, the workbooks will always be 99 cents. Like I am so clear on that. It's not even funny. I am obsessed with it. I love them. I want to make them accessible for everyone. And I know that there was definitely times where things were really tight, but if something had been able to be available for me for 99 cents, I still could have afforded it. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, even the brokest version of myself could have afforded these workbooks because I really do pour my heart and soul into them. And of course, you've got the audio that you can listen to over and over again so that you can dive into the topic as many times as you want. So if, burnout is not happening for you right now but you start to recognize the symptoms and signs of it three months from now you can stop you can get the workbook you can listen to this episode and then you can go ahead and get back off of the path of burnout so let's go ahead and forth and prosper and let's adapt and i will talk to you later bye have a burning question for me